Hello and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast. I'm your host, Bill George. With me as always, AJ Rebecca. What's going on, baby? Not too much. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. You ready to talk about Han Solo? Yeah. So today we're talking about Solo, colon, a Star Wars story. <laughs> uh, directed by Ron Howard, for the most part. Uh, starring Alden, Aaron Reich, Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, uh, Donald Glover, among others. Two hours and 15 minutes is the fucking runtime of this film? That is true. That is accurate. Oh, Ron Howard. You dumb prick. <laughs> wow. There's Lord and Miller in there, too. Oh, yeah. Who's the other one? They went through four of them, didn't they? No, I think that was it. Oh, okay. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the, before we get too deep, what's the synopsis on this? During one, an adventure into the criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his future co pilot, Chewbacca, and encounters Lando Calrissian years before joining the rebellion. Nice touch. Thanks. <laughs> We got new technology here. Uh, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see if it worked. I didn't bring up like at least I didn't bring up like a like a like a <laughs> fart board or like a Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. We're grateful so, for that. So, Bill, yes. Should I go see this movie? I have mixed feelings, and I haven't even seen it yet. So, when I wrote my original review, yes, I gave it a yes. Yeah, and I stand by that. But the the yes has gotten softer and softer the more I've reflected on this film. To sum it up, this movie is just like every Star Wars boner when they leave the movie theater. It's just gets what, softer yeah. and softer <laughs> as you have time to reflect. This movie is uh, aggressively fine is, is how I would put it. Oh, <laughs> it is not going to be anyone's favorite Star Wars movie. Okay. Uh, it is a light, fairly breezy summer blockbuster and you'll walk away being like, oh, it's fun and then immediately forget it. Uh, wow. That's sort of where we're at at this point. Here's my here's my take, Bill. Yeah, and this is a take that you can take or leave from a guy who hasn't seen the film. Uh, sure. I'm getting really fucking aggravated uh-huh. with with um, origin movies. That's fair. I don't. I don't. If you wanna, if you want the the people who have invested in in these franchises, right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. They've hired a lot of writers. And you can find canon online and comic books and mm-hmm. heart and like regular books about these people's backstories. Like yep. to me, it just seems like a, a money grab that I don't ca- I don't care about. I know Han Solo. I, I saw Lando Calrissian and fucking the Cloud City. I don't have to see him again. Yeah, I don't yeah. give up. I don't care. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think it is absolutely fan service more than anything. And I think that I know this was already in the works, I think, before Last Jedi, but I'm sure that part of this is uh, the excitement around this for some people is it's a reaction to Last Jedi and that Last Jedi started to get away from the original Star Wars stuff and sort of tell its own story and branch off and that upset a lot of people. Yeah. And so now to be like back into the the comfort of Han Solo and Chewie and all these people we know. But for me, that does not work. So, uh, for me, I just, uh, like you, I don't care. I think Patton Oswalt has like a great bit uh, about the fact that like I don't care about where the things I love come from. I just love the things I love. Oh yeah, uh, like that's I, great. You don't need. I don't need to know the give. I wouldn't have minded so much if they said, "Here's a new story. It's it's from before, and it's just you know Solo and Chewie, like the adventures of them smuggling and doing like something a, like a buddy cop drama. Yeah, them getting into a jam and finding their way out of it, and maybe they run into Lando for fan service. Fine, but instead they're like, "Hey, remember every single." thing you know about Han Solo that was mentioned in the original trilogy, we're going to cram that in as if that all happened within one week of his life and show you like how he meets Lando, how he meets Chewie, how he gets the Falcon. Like 
all these things that we know about are all crammed into one movie and it's just like t- checking boxes. Yeah. And it's it doesn't work at all. All right, so you went really negative really quick. Yes. Uh, let's let uh, you gave it a yes. So you gave it a yes for a reason. So like, why don't true, we approach true. the things that you actually liked? Okay. And then we'll shit on the other things together. Good, because there's stuff for me to shit on that I really want to get into. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the things that I liked, uh, Alden Ehrenreich as Han, I thought was actually really, really good. I like him a lot. I liked him when he was in Hail Caesar. I think he's a strong young actor. I think he he doesn't look necessarily like like Harrison Ford particularly, yeah, but. but he's got the swagger and he embodies it. And at no point did I think that he was doing an impression of Han Solo. It felt like he was it was a just being in. him. Yeah. yeah, the writing didn't do him any favors, which is the thing I'm going to get to later. But he does a nice job with it. Also, speaking of performances, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian has gotten a lot of press for good reason. He is phenomenal. He inhabits that character. He is funny. He's charismatic. He's interesting. All of his sections of that. The movie actually, for me, literally took a turn at the end of Act 1 when they introduced Lando. That's when it became the light, fun summer blockbuster that I was kind of in on the ride for. I was yeah. like, all right, this is cool. Like I was, They have them playing poker together, and I was literally like grinning, like just smiling because it, it was just so great to see these characters with these young actors playing off each other. Well, Donald Glover is great stuff. good in everything great stuff. he's done. Yeah. Yeah. So I loved all that. The action was fine. Uh, Ron Howard's got a good eye. Um, and so the movie looked good. So yeah, so that that that's you know, second half at least, it's buzzing along, it's well paced, it's fun action movie. The characters are funny, they got some one-liners here and there, like it's enjoyable. Uh, so that's kind of why I gave it the yes, because if you like the characters, if you're looking for that kind of escapism filmmaking, sure. then you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. So that's why it's a soft yes. And the support by Woody Harrelson and uh, Amelia Clark was good? Both good. I mean, they're both obviously high caliber, talented actors, so they both do do nice jobs. Uh, but that kind of leads to the big problem for this entire movie is that as good as all these actors are, there are many instances where the writing is what lets them down. The script to this movie is the biggest issue. And I know the directors, you know, we joked at the beginning, the directors changed hands more than mid-movie. It seems like Lord and Miller almost had a version of it almost completely done and they had to do extensive reshoots with Ron Howard. And this happened with Rogue One. Also, Disney's very quick to to just ditch, uh, you know, original uh, directors. But... So I don't know what happened with the script in that sense, but there's something something happened because there's problems with the writing up and down, especially act one, which was brutal for me. Like I really? was so like beside myself at how bad the writing was in act one. Do you think, right? Do you think that because of the issues, I mean, you can't, you can't get a new director and rewrite a film halfway through. Right. Do you think they were just like, let's bring on goddamn Ron Howard and like, basically put a Band-Aid on an axe wound and see what we can get out of it. I think that's what it was. I think they knew Ron Howard is a competent, established director who can at least make something enjoyable out of whatever they had. Um, I am curious what Lord Miller's take is because I do like them a lot. Lego Movie is legit one of my favorite comedies of recent memory. So I love those guys. So I'm curious what what the differences were. And I'm sure all that will come out later. Sure. But Ron Howard put it together. But but let me give you an example of what I mean when I say that the writing was bad. Okay. There's in it's in two ways. One, the dialogue, and two, the actual plotting and, and scripting. So the dialogue example I'll give is like the first scene. So it's no, there's no spoilers there. It opens with uh solo, Han Solo in like escape mode, like running from people. You don't know why. You're trying to figure it out. He runs into or he finally gets away from them, goes to his home, quote unquote, finds Amelia Clark. Mm. Uh, and she asks what happened. Now, 
but she says, where are my dragons? <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> so normally for writing, there's a show don't tell is like a, a common theme. If you're a writer, like you should be able to have the characters act normally and just show, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, not have, there shouldn't be like a forced exposition from actors. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, over if it's one thing that you hate, it's forced exposition. It's brutal. So, and that's exactly how this movie opens where she says, what happens? And he says, I got away with this. And he shows her a vial of like blue liquid. And she's like, oh, is that, this is, I'm paraphrasing, but she's basically says like, is that coaxium, the hyperfuel? And he's like, yeah. And it's valued at X, a million credits. And now we can finally sell it and buy a ship and escape this life. And he's like, yeah, I can't wait. I love you. I love you too. Like it's the most like just terrible, terrible writing uh, and then there's a scene like right after that where someone says to Amelia Clark, like, because she she steps up for Han uh, to save Han or whatever, and the her protector is like, "Don't forget about your life before and what you went through and how we saved you from that. Don't throw that all away just for him." It's like, what? Like, who talks oh, like this? Like, it's just no. so in your face. The you hand know holding. You know what I would have done if I walked in. The entire first act. I would have thought that it was a trap. It's a trap. You're happy you got that out of your system? Good. Yeah, I wanted to find a where's my dragon, but I didn't have enough time. Fair enough. Well, anyway, well, the it, point is the yes. dialogue is poorly written. It holds your hand. It doesn't trust the audience whatsoever. Sure. And it's lazy. And the plotting, right, the writing of the script itself and how the plot moves, I can't divulge too much about why I hated it because it would be spoiler territory, but suffice it to say, it is also some of the laziest writing I've ever seen where it's these these things have to happen because the writers need them to happen. Nothing feels organic. Everything feels forced. And the other, you know, I, I talked about scripting, talked about writing, all this stuff. Bigger picture. The yeah. reason I, I dislike this movie okay. is because it has started to turn me. This could be the beginning of the end of my interest in Star Wars, period. Because the, the Last Jedi wasn't the... Uh... No, Last Jedi I like. And Last Jedi I like more in lieu of seeing this. Because last year I dared to do something new and interesting and exciting and tell a new story. Uh, whereas this just goes back and just picks the bones clean off of A New Hope and just tries to wrangle la every last bit of movie out of A New Hope, telling us a story that we don't care about, that we didn't ask for, that they're taking all the mystery away from it. So the reason I love A New Hope so much and why it's a perfect Star Wars movie and a perfect movie is it tells a very exciting story. It gets in late. Uh, and gets out early, which is another mm. uh, axiom of writing is you should try to tell this, get into the story as late as possible. So it's when it's the most interesting to tell. Yeah. If Han Solo's story was the most interesting thing to tell, they would have told it in the first movie. They didn't write about that. They wrote about A New Hope, episode four being the best thing. And in that movie, they hint at a larger world. Han Solo mentions the Kessel Run. And, it, and you think to yourself, oh my goodness, I wonder what that is. That's interesting. 12 part six. What's that about? Oh, wait, here's a movie where I can just watch it. Or, or Obi-Wan says, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars. You're like, oh, the Clone Wars. That's, I wonder what that's about. Oh, wait, here's two TV shows about the Clone Wars. Actually, and the then Darth Vader meets with Obi-Wan and says, like, when I left you, I was the pupil. Now I'm the master. You're like, oh, they have a backstory. I wonder what that, that's really interesting. I'm curious how that came together. Oh, here's three movies dictating exactly that. It's like, whatever happened to leaving an air of mystery and leaving it to the imagination, which by default is going to be better than whatever these hacks in Hollywood could put together. Now they're talking about doing a Boba Fett movie. Boba Fett is only interesting because he's mysterious. He's got four lines of dialogue and you're like, oh, Boba Fett, what an amazing character. I wonder what his story is. Oh, wait, I'll just watch a two and a half hour movie now dictating it to me instead of letting my imagination run. 
The same thing happened with The Matrix. The first Matrix movie, perfect movie. And it hints at a larger universe. And then they ruin it with two sequels. And this solo is the epitome of that, where they're taking all the events, the exciting events of Han Solo's life that we know about, and boiling them down to all happening in one week. And they're closing the universe more and more, where it feels like this entire galaxy of possibilities of stories to tell all comes down to basically 12 people, half of them named Solo and the other half named Skywalker. Tell something else. You have this amazing universe to, to play with. Tell new stories, which is why I like Last Jedi. And if they end up backtracking on the fact that Ray's parents are nobody, I'm going to be pissed because that was the most exciting part of the movie because you're like, oh yeah, they're not named Skywalker or Solo. There are actually other people in this universe. This is exciting. And that's why I've actually started to not even like Empire Strikes Back anymore. I don't even like the fact that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father because it's too interconnected. Not everything needs to interconnect. Anakin made C-3PO? Why? Why? Because they need to interconnect everything. And it's frustrating and it's annoying. And I like fresh ideas and fresh stories. You can use the same universe. That's great. They got good ideas there, but they don't need to reconnect everything. That's how I feel. Thank you for letting me say that. I need to get that off my chest. That was a great episode of Should I Go See It? Yeah, I'm glad. I hope everyone really enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> Dude, you're sweating. I'm upset, AJ. I, you're, you're, really? <laughs> Why don't you kick my dog while you're at it? Yeah, no, you're Bill. You're right. Like I'm not. I this is the one time uh, my job here is usually <laughs> my internal job is to push your buttons and like be play devil's advocate. But yeah, I think you're. I, I, you are right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue. There's nothing to argue about. Is that it's 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 not it's not doing it for for fan or for enjoyment it's doing it for money and and it just it's become evident more and more with these big blockbusters that everyone's looking for a connection and a and a, a thing to attach themselves to and it's mm -hmm. just you mean you see it in video game you see it everywhere is that everyone wants that like that that to keep coming and going and going and going and yeah going, you know yeah. so so anyway uh <laughs> i mean they're guaranteeing like you know more more Star Wars movies for years to come. They're doing the every other every year there is one, whether it's a spin-off movie sure. or a uh, you know, a trilogy movie or whatever. And you know, I'm am I gonna end up seeing them? Probably. because uh, <laughs> you're mean, a just, sucker. That's how it is. Yeah. Well, and also that's that's my charge in life, AJ. I see these movies. Uh so you don't have to. So the others don't have to. Yeah. And I review them. So I'll end up seeing them, but I am my I've definitely taken a cynical approach now towards Star Wars and I will start to probably like them less and less uh, as they go on after the taste that this one left in my mouth, even though as a movie, as a standalone piece of cinema, like it's fine. Like I said, uh, big picture, it started rubbing the wrong way. The more I reflected on it, not against this movie as much as against Disney and now the runners of Star Wars. Great. But thank you for enduring this episode of the Should I Go See It podcast. <laughs> Please make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. 